What's up? What's up? What's up? Welcome to the Mitch Davis Show. Special edition. We got Mr. Jake Elman on the phone. He covers Florida Atlantic football for PBBSports.com. Really looking forward to having him on the show. Really big interview today. We're going to talk all things Florida Atlantic football. We're going to talk about Lane Kiffin. We're going to talk about that contract extension Coach Kiffin got. We're also going to talk about uh, Florida Atlantic's bowl win and their conference championship winning, what it kind of means for the community of Boga Raton to get a Florida Atlantic team who's won 11 games. So thank you all for listening. I hope you all enjoy this interview. We, wel- we welcome Mr. Elman on the phone today. How you doing, Mr. Elman? Man, it's a great pleasure. It's a great pleasure. You cover Florida Atlantic football, so we're big fans of the Owls on the show, especially Coach Kiffin. So anytime we get a guy from FAU, we're pretty happy. So great, uh, greatly appreciate you coming on. So, uh, so Lane Kiffin's train's got a got an extended reach. I mean, you had in the Tennessee coaching search, Tennessee fans were absolutely insane about Lane Kiffin. You know, they hated him, and then they wanted him back. I mean, the Lane train is truly probably worldwide. I actually got a T-shirt for Christmas as the Lane train, so I'm really looking forward to uh, repping that a little bit. So talk about uh, FAU's recruiting day yesterday. Um, you know, did they get all the guys that they expected, or are you a fan of the early signing period? I was actually going to bring him up. He actually followed me on Twitter the other day and uh, watched some of his films. So I, he looks to be a very solid player. You know, he's a defense. He, he does. I, he does. I actually got to watch a little bit of his tape. And getting a mid-year Juco transfer to play defensive tackle after losing Jeremiah Talani, I think was the best thing that FAU could have done. You're getting Stephen Leggett back for a year. You have Will Davis, another defensive tackle, in the wings if Something goes wrong. Nero Nelson, the receiver, I've said, you know, you're losing Caleb Woods, you're losing Cameron Salmon, they're losing, I think it's five total receivers who caught a pass last year to graduation. Getting a Juco guy, getting someone like Nero Nelson, that was important. They added a couple of younger defensive uh, D-line guys. There's one guy that still hasn't signed, he committed, that's O'Shea Jackson. So at some point we're going to have to call him Ice Cube the third. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so it's five right now. It's six once Jackson signs his LOI. Mm-hmm. And I think everything considered with that smaller period that the coach 
coaches that the staff could really work with. I thought that they did a good job. But at the same time, you know, as the, as the kids say, you know, put it on tape. You could say that this is a great class on paper, but you don't know who's going to get hurt. You don't know who's, going, who's not going to be academically eligible. And the same goes for the February class. Yeah. And, and, and you know, I, I feel like that's a kind of a general consensus around college football. I mean, you know, especially with uh, Florida Atlantic. I mean, they played their bowl game Tuesday night in the Boca Bowl. And then they have to turn around the next day and have signing day. So it was kind of a quick turnaround for Coach Kiffin and staff a little bit. And like you said, I feel like they did a great job, you know, kind of watching it from afar, watching it on rivals or whatever. It looked like Coach Kiffin had a great class, especially with that uh, that guy that from the JUCO out of Mississippi, that Charles Cameron. He is a heck of a player, you know. He's a very, very good, solid player out of, out of the JUCO of Mississippi. Yeah, well, he said that he's not going to be allowed to bring up uh... – Kobe Lincoln beating East Mississippi, the school from last year, too, because there's going to be uh, at least three players from last year, two, excuse me, two and a couple coaches on the staff next year, which yeah. I thought was funny. But, <laughs> you know, if there's any good that comes out of what happened with FAU, it's that, you know, your bowl game is on December 19th. After Christmas, you can immediately get back to recruiting. Yeah. Get back to getting back to work. It's not like having a bowl game on December 28th, December 29th, mm-hmm. or even, you know, December 23rd, December 24th, where it's Christmas, it's New Year's. Yeah. Well, we know the coaches can be making calls today, checking in on guys, doing whatever, and you could have guys saying when they get back to school in January, you know, hey, I'm committing where I'm going to sign my LOI in February. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, next question, we're going to kind of get up into the next question a little bit. That kind of leads into it. What is it? What is it winning the conference championship and the Boca Bowl and winning that Shula Bowl against FIU kind of mean for uh, Florida Atlantic going into this offseason? I mean, you know, they blew out they blew out Akron 50-3. to They, you know, they beat FIU pretty single-handedly. And they won their conference championship in a very dominant style. So, you know, it probably makes a lot of kids want to come to FAU now. Well, the first thing I'll say is that Dr. Kelly, the school's president, Dr. John Kelly, uh, he uh, told me that out-of-state applications are up about 35%. Oh, wow. So, and, I, and I'm somebody who started out as out-of-state, now I'm in-state. So if you think about it, that's, that's a pretty big one-year increase, and it's because it's because of the lane train. It's because you have kids like Devin Singletary that are making Sports Center, that are winning these awards. Mm-hmm. It's the last chance you affect that guys get that people can be watching shows on Netflix, they can be watching Last Chance You, and then they see that Tim Bonner and DeAndre Johnson going after you, and then they start watching and they're like, wow, there's a football team. You know, I don't, I'm going to be honest, you know, I don't know how many people are going to schools for, because. You know, there are great cheerleaders. Or yeah. The March band is great. There's a lot of people that pick where they go because of their sports teams. Yeah. And when your football team in a newer stadium, open in 2011, hosts 30,000 people, football's winning, basketball is getting better, baseball is consistent, you know, you're making national waves, people care. Yeah. People see that and people say, I want to go. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm with you on that. So, you know, what was the general consistency going playing in the uh, Boga Bowl? I mean, you guys were at home. 
um, you know, is in your home stadium, whatever. Were the fans pretty happy with that? Because I saw a lot of mixed signals on Twitter and the message boards and the guys that I follow from FAU. There's a lot of mixed signals within the fan base on that. It means it's the national the landscape ball. A lot of people tuning in because it's one of the few sporting events on that night. It's kind of like the Aspies. Yeah. You know, I mean, what, what else is on TV? So for a lot of people, I'm sure, okay, what's on TV? Yeah. Oh, there's a ball game. Oh, it's FAU. Oh, oh my God, look at Devin Singletary run. <laughs> oh, look at these hits by the defensive guys. And that goes back to the recruiting in terms of new students. If people see that, if high school kids see that, they can, they'll start doing the research. Yeah. So I think the, I think at first it was a mixed reaction, and then as the days went on, it kind of became it became acceptance, and then it became yeah. I, I still say acceptance. I think people were fine. I think towards the end, people were fine with it. It's more exposure for the school. It's more exposure for some of the local outlets. You know, mm-hmm. if you have a store right off campus that sells custom FAU merchandise, it's more exposure for them. Yeah. And as we saw, it was, it was home field advantage. Yeah. I saw the crowd was pretty good, too, as well. Um, saw the numbers on that. That was a pretty good crowd. Uh, yeah, the Volga Bowl has always drawn well. Mm-hmm. So for them to get 25000 nearly 26000 for the Volga Bowl on a Tuesday night, uh before Christmas, you know, I, that was good. Yeah, that was good. Hopefully, you know, some of the students that maybe didn't go, maybe that commute and live in the area but just watched on TV, maybe, maybe that sends a message to them that, hey, let's go. Let's yeah. go next year. Let's yeah. go wherever everybody goes. Yeah, I'm with you on that. So, Lane Kiffin signed an extension through 2027, 10-year extension. I haven't seen the numbers. I don't think the numbers have been released, and they might have been released to you, but I haven't, I, I haven't been able to find them. No. Okay. So okay. he has the four years left on the original deal for nine hundred fifty thousand a year, and then it's another six years. Now, it's obviously not a given if he stays for the next ten years, because it's college football, it's college football coaching carousel. Yeah. But what it does do is it says for it says FAU is committed to winning. Mm-hmm. FAU is committed to Lane Kiffin, and it's PR too. It's good PR for Lane Kiffin. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, you know, FAU could be one of these, you know, UCF, like, playing in the Peach Bowl in, you know, next two or three years. I could see Lane Kiffin getting, you know, the Owls to that, you know, to that stage. I mean, he's that level of coach now. I mean, when he was at Tennessee and USC, he was, he was a little bit immature, and he'll tell you that. But now he is a very matured coach. He coached under Coach Saban. And I could see Florida Atlantic making one of these New Year's Six Bowls, you know, two, three years down the road if Kiffin stays that long. 
joke that FAU is last strike you. Yeah. It's guys, it's players that have been in trouble before, maybe weren't mature enough for D1 teams. It's coaches who have had bad histories. And you saw everything work out this year. I don't know how long Lane Kemp is going to be here. I said from the get-go two years. Mm -hmm. I think he really likes it down here. I think, you know, he owns a house. He likes his boat. I mean, that's the only reason he knew about Hurricane Irma in September. (laughs) One of his neighbors said to him, oh, you have to move your boat. I mean, you have to, you have to, <laughs> you have to almost, you uh, you almost have to uh, look at look at it and be like, the Browns are kind of a step down job. I mean, that's like snow and awful weather. I mean, you know, I wouldn't leave FAU for the Browns if you tried. I mean, that you know, that's just how it rolls. Um, so, what is your favorite, you know, Lane Kiffin memory, and what is it like working for Coach Kiffin? Uh, 
Exactly. And, you know, and, and I think a lot of people also, you know, in my neck of the woods, they remember, you know, him leaving Tennessee basically in the middle of the night, you know, and following Lane Kiff from, from afar, you know, it's like everybody gives stuff to Coach Cal. I'll make this analogy. Everybody gives bad stuff about Coach Cal. Oh, Coach Cal's this, Coach Cal's that. But when you actually look into it, these guys, you know, I mean, Coach Cal does a lot for the community. Lane Kiffin does a lot for his players, man. He, you know, takes these guys who don't have a chance to play D1 football, and he takes them and molds them into a conference champion and takes them and molds them into a bowl champion. That's impressive. Like, that's really, really impressive on what Coach Kiffin does. And you mentioned this boat. We're going to get to that, and then we're going to kind of wrap up a little bit. You mentioned his boat. Coach Kiffin's got a boat? Like, what kind of boat does Coach Kiffin have, and, like, does he, like, go out on it every day? Touchdowns. 
Yeah. I mean, that he he he's one of the best running backs. Yeah, exactly, exactly. You know, and it's a pleasure watching him. You know, I'm a Kentucky fan, so I watch Benny Snell, and I know you probably heard of those two are the best running backs in college football right now. You know, if you look at, I know a lot of people will say the guy from Stanford, but if you look at just straight up running game numbers, those two are the best, and it's a true honor to watch guys like that who were, you know, one to two or three stars who basically are performing like five stars, you know. And it takes the right certain coach like Coach Kiffin to do that. And I think that speaks to the job, and Kiffin has said this as well, that the previous coaching staff under Charlie Parker's did. I mean, in the past two press conferences after games, so the USA Championship, the vocal, he's credited the guy who he replaced. Mm-hmm. You know, Archer's recruited Singletary, All-American. He recruited Aziz Alshire. One of the best linebackers in the country who's probably going to get drafted next year. He recruited, he was originally recruiting DeAndre Johnson from last chance you. And what Kevin has done is Charlie built the foundation. Yeah. Charlie got everything started. Kevin has kind of built it up. Yeah. And, and, you know, Coach Kiff has done a wonderful job. Looking forward to actually next year. So that kind of leads into our last question. What are the optimism points heading into next year with Coach Kiffin and the Owls team? I mean, you know, the lane train is fast moving. They won their last 11 games to finish, what, 11-3, and three, I think it was. I mean, you know, what are the optimism points heading into this offseason? And what are the points they're going to be looking forward to, you know, coming into next season and spring football? Four games, Kiffin said, is going to be in the NFL 
for a long time. Mm-hmm. The young core is there. Yeah. You've built the winner. You've built the winning season. Now the lane train has to keep going. Yeah. And, and you know, I, I think that it will. You know, from an outsider's view, I honestly do think it's going to just keep rolling. You know, I, it's really hard to stop something that's already clicking so much. And, you know, I, I really do feel like, because you look at the Conference USA next year, and, you know, West Kentucky, I think, loses Mike White, which is always one of those contenders. In North Texas, they could compete, but they're not as good. You know what I'm saying? So I, I do think the lane train is going to keep rolling. And like you said, those early statement games like UCF, that's going to be a big-time thing, and I wouldn't be surprised if Lane Kiffin and company go in there and win, you know, especially with the core guys coming back. I was thinking about this yesterday, and I was thinking, were any of the wins this year flukes? No. They beat Middle Tennessee without Stockstill, but they also forced, I think it was four total turnovers. They beat Old Dominion out of Old Dominion when they were starting a 17-year-old quarterback, but the offense had 58 points. They yeah. beat North Texas soundingly twice. They beat Marshall. They beat Western Kentucky in a comeback game. And you know, and I know that that game didn't seem like a fluke. So yeah. all their wins this year were wins that happened because this team was ready to win. This wasn't this wasn't a year where you know a quarterback like last year against UTEP where UTEP makes a couple bad decisions in the final minute and that you goes down the field. You know, mm-hmm. you can look at that and say that's a fluke. Yeah. And it helps that, you know, nine bowl teams in Conference USA, it should have been ten, nine bowl teams, and you beat, I believe it's seven of them. Yeah. I'm with you on that. Well, we greatly appreciate you coming in, uh, coming on the show. We'll have to have you probably later on towards uh, spring football again, talk a little uh, spring football preview for the Owls. Uh, if you'd like to come back and join us, you're welcome anytime. Definitely, man. Thank you so much for having me on. Man, it was a great pleasure. Great pleasure. I appreciate you coming on. Thanks, man. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you.